Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Oh, it is the final show of 2020 on the Mike Abadir Show, and what a year. We've been here with you uh, pretty much every week of 2020. The the ups, the downs, many, many downs for many people out there, Mike, as you and I were discussing uh, in the, uh, you know, sort of our, our little pre-show talk. It's hard to make a, like a year in review. It's hard to do sort of a uh, in a compilation of what happened this year because it's been such a blur. Everything's been sort of on, off again. But I think we all sort of feel the same way that we all feel very happy to turn the page to 2021. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at even just the sports industry specifically, we didn't really get started until maybe, uh, I apologize about that, until, um, you know, maybe like July when things got started, whenever that was, late July or whatever. From what, March? March? Yeah. So, I mean, we had a little bit of uh, January. Right. And then the start of spring training. And then um, I think one of the unsung heroes, MVP wise, at least for horse players, was horse racing. Horse racing was it for a while. And I know for me, pretty sure for you, even wagering on tracks that I normally wouldn't even watch or give it a second of thought, a second thought to, you know, like Foner or Will Rogers Downs, et cetera. They helped kind of carry us through. So a little bit of an MVP in horse racing, kind of an unlikely MVP. Yeah, but in terms of team sports, didn't really get going until late in the year. So like you briefly mentioned, hard to come up with kind of like a top 10 moments, you know, and it would be very different, right? It wouldn't be that hole in one. It wouldn't be that final shot in the Masters or to win the Wimbledon or a World Series. It'd probably be more like resuming sports again. And just seeing sports you know, overall being played with no fans yeah, in a yeah, bubble. Maybe the like first the way, game where they allowed 2,000 fans in Jacksonville. The you NBA know, set up the way the moment. bubble, the, the way the NBA the bubble, bubble went off. The bubble NBA, you know, sure. They did a great job there. Sure. Phenomenal job keeping everyone safe and sort of giving you a template that, hey, look, if you can sort of isolate people, test continually, and make sure that you know everyone doesn't have the virus, then you're going to be in places where it's not going to spread. Right. Like they were able to give give people sort of like a microcosm of, hey, like this works. It's never going to work in larger cases, but it was cool to see that. Wow. They, they went outside the box. They tried something and uh, and and it worked. And it's funny for someone like me who you mentioned horse racing, like we love all sports that we talk about here. But some of my particular you know personal favorites are horse racing and even wrestling. And wrestling was one that sort of uh, they stayed the, the course also. Um, WWE, All Elite Wrestling is another one. Oh, they good kept, point. And the UFC a little bit too, right? UFC too. Yeah, they yep. kept pumping out shows. UFC was doing uh, you know the, a lot of shows a, a, a lot of the time with as many talents here and there that they could bring in whoever was available. So um, yeah, some some other places sort of stepped up. I think a lot of us got caught up into Netflix, HBO shows, the Tiger King was crazy early on, you know, but it was just, uh, it was a crazy year for me personally, my first full year as a father, so, you know, like, cause Milo was born. So this was the first time that I, everything 
we did this year was sort of like my first time as a dad until recently because uh, he's you know just over a, a year old now. So we hit a lot of uh, really cool milestones. Yeah, uh, first Halloween, uh, teething, yeah, probably a lot of those July, kind of you know, things. Like all those things, little things like yep. that, fireworks, start t- walking, talking now, you know, things like that, like spitting out dad, dad, mom, mom, like and moving it's around. It's probably too like, bad too, by the way. Sorry to interrupt, but um, there's probably been a lot of moments that have really been missed out on. For example, yeah. I have yet to see Milo, and I'm yeah, guessing that's very true. If, the, I've, I've ha- if honestly, this didn't happen, maybe you would have been who knows, in March, July, April, at, at the latest sure. Fourth of July. I would have yeah. seen him at your house, right? Absolutely. Um, I'm guessing friends. you have way more important people in your life that probably no, haven't seen no, him yet. You're, you know, you're, you're dead. Like I think one of my friends saw him really early on. Like we said, and then like it was March, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's just not like. Not not really going out, not seeing people, not being around. So on the one hand, I am uh, I do feel a little relief at that. Uh, like for me personally, it would have been hard for me to be around. Like right now, I see some people who are having kids. We're getting off on a little tangent, but hey, you know what? It's the New Year's. We're talking sure. a little bit, and we're getting the sports. But uh, um, you know, just like the whole having a kid process in the hospitals right now is is much more difficult. You know, like everything in the hospitals is much more difficult right now with the the protocols, social distancing. People aren't allowed as many people in the room, stuff like that. You're not. My cousin is about to have a baby. Uh, they're not allowed to, to visit. Uh, we, we can't visit in the hospital or anything like that. I think only the significant other is allowed to be around and not even to stay the night, which, you know, I stayed the night five, six nights in the hospital. Um, sure. Right after Milo was born. So, um, you know, even try trying to look at, at positives in a negative year, right? Like all, all the things that we could, we uh, have to, to look uh, and be thankful for because a lot of people uh, had a lot of loss this year and um, you and I are still still doing real, real good here. And we're very happy to have everyone out there. Keep listening each week as a, uh, Man, this like we've never we and we knock on wood, we'll hopefully never have a year again, Mike, where it was exciting for the sports fans. But at one point, remember what that like September into October was like when everything was going on with college and NFL started up and we had the the derby going right then and we had the NBA getting into their playoffs. We had baseball getting into their playoffs. We will never see anything like that again, hopefully. Hopefully, it, you know, like as much as I liked it, it's great to have the sports all spread out around, and that just it, it, it felt a little bit off. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And hey, look, I'm uh, see, I'm not a very superstitious person. I'm also a realist, and you know, I hear a lot of people that are really trying to be optimistic, and you know, being slaves to time as we are being human beings, it's very easy to be like, hey, we're gonna turn the calendar, turn the page to 2021. But when you look at it from a very realistic perspective, it's just tomorrow. It's just another day that goes on. It doesn't magically, there aren't magically bad years and magically good years, right? And uh, I only say that just to infuse a little bit of realism to uh, those who are trying to burst on any, rain on anybody's parade or anything. But I mean, I think 2021 is probably going to be a lot of what 2020 was about. At least at the beginning, and so you know. At least at the beginning. So, how to overcome? I think is really the key question. I think how to overcome is we adapt as human beings, right? And no yeah. better place than America than to learn how to adapt and to move on. We are going to need to learn how to live with something like this because I fear that this may just be the first among many new viruses or diseases that may emerge globally. This is why the are they all of a sudden coming about? Because our this population is now yeah, is at event. record levels, and so. Things get and things get around faster than ever before. Yeah. So something that would be, would have been limited to some, you know, village in the heart of Africa, now winds up up in Alaska and the South Pole and everywhere in between. 
Yep, and what what uh what we do get is and and hopefully for a few, right? Because what's nice is that when a new season starts for a, a sports team, you know, we all have our hopes. Nobody, we haven't lost yet, right? We haven't zero and zero. We, yep, we're zero and zero, but we do know that. Uh, we have the idea if we can really win it all, how good we are. But going in, you know, there's always a, a, a few here and there that are wrong. There's a few that improve. There are a few that change. So I'm I'm going to try every year to improve, to uh, to change. And what's nice is it sort of feel like I completely agree with what you're saying. Like it, you can't wake up tomorrow and just hope everything's going to be different because it's a new year. But what you can do is kind of maybe use it for yourself sometimes, which a lot of people do with their resolutions or, you know, uh, how, what I'm looking to do. I'm going to start working out more. Or maybe use it as a sort of a, a a measuring stick as a okay, maybe we can I personally can try to do a, a little bit better myself uh, in any way, shape, or form next year, whatever that may be in your job and your life and your personal stuff. You know what I mean? Amen like that. So hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. And so and every time I bring up a negative, by the way, Gina, I like to bring up the and well, even though what I said it wasn't extreme negative, it was just a realistic type of outlook. I, I like to bring a positive too. Just going the the opposite of, in in like a what I'm saying, sort of saying the opposite, and not to like just banter, but because it's good to play both sides. And then sometimes when you're saying positive, I'm the one that's going Correct. a little negative on things. So right. it's definitely so we do always together in in that way, especially on the air and even off the air, we kind yeah. of do the same sometimes. Um, I, I will say I will say this: a lot of it too is about one's perspective, right? Uh, I can dwell on certain things or be very thankful that I've got my two limbs, my two eyes. Yep. I can walk. I could talk. I could think. You know, uh, some of my loved loved ones have been affected. Many of my loved ones have not. Thankful for what I have and that type of stuff. I'm not going to get preachy on anybody, but there's also another way to kind of look at 2020 as well, because you know a lot make, is made of like, for example, the death toll from COVID-19 as an example. And one death is one too many. I don't want anybody to get sick and die from cancer or from a cold or from a flu or from a COVID or from anything. When we look at actual numbers, we see that deaths were down in 2020. That's a big positive. Now, that could be because a lot more people are at home and less car accidents and less other things as well. I hope there isn't a flood of that in 2021 where people didn't go to the doctor to find out whether or not they have cancer or heart disease or whatever. Time will tell. I guess all I'm trying to say is it's all about your outlook, right? So we could focus on how they died from one illness or one ailment and talk about how bad that is, or we could look at it collectively and say there's an ailment, just like we want to solve diabetes, just like we want to solve AIDS, we want to solve cancer. This is another one that emerged. We want to solve it. Let's all work together, be positive for one another, help each other out, try to follow the rules, at least the ones that make sense to us as human beings, which is try not to infect other people, at least keep some distance. If you at least do those things, you're kind of helping out. And uh, be a good person. Be good to one another. I think if we could see some of that in 2021, I think we should be okay. That's my quick take on it. <laughs> Mike? Awesome, man. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to everybody at uh, at uh, Voice America. Thanks for all they do for us. Now yes. we got we got our our uh, our emo stuff out of the way. Let's let's okay. get into, let's get into the sports now because this is week seventeen in an NFL season that is unlike any other, and not for a lot of the COVID stuff we were talking about, but also because there's an extra playoff spot, Mike. So now this last week, we're a lot of times with the six spots. In each conference, the buys, um, there was a lot of things that were already determined. 
That is not the case this week. A lot of things can happen on, on both sides, in particular in the AFC, where you have five teams that are all at 10 and five battling for four spots. We know one team for sure, either the Titans or the Colts, they're going to get in because one of them will win the AFC South, even if by default, even if they both were to lose. And other than that, it's Miami, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Indy. They're all battling, trying to get in. So it's really Miami, Baltimore, Cleveland at the bottom. It's going to be between Tennessee and Indy for winning the division. Indy could be an 11-5 and team on the outside looking in, where you could have an 8-8 eight and eight team on the other side in the NFC playoffs make it. So, um, you, you know, you get a, a tail and you will have a either 6- or 7-win team make it for sure in the NFC. The Giants, if they win, they'd be what, 6-10? and 10? Yep. That's crazy. They, and it, and that's and what they it comes down the division. to. It, so basically, in the NFC, what it comes down to is, if the if in the NFC East, if Washington wins, they're in. They play Sunday night. If they lose, whoever wins the game between the Cowboys and the Giants, they're in. So there's still three. So, so let me just restate that really quickly. Yep. The the Cowboys Giants game is going to be early and the, the other day. one is going to be late now, early so being huge. a 10 a.m. game one of them at that moment can be make the claim that if the washington team loses there we are the division winners so from 10 a.m pacific time till 5 p.m eastern time they've got a shot they kind of are can be the division winner in their minds and they're going to be watching that game Rooting for the Eagles like they've never done before. And keep in mind, we're talking about a Washington team that's defense has looked phenomenal. Chase Young has been great. He's going to be the rookie uh, rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. But who's starting at quarterback for them? They they just cut Haskins. They are they have two quarterbacks on their roster right now: a banged up Alex Smith and Taylor Heineke. Who actually didn't look bad last week, to be honest, when he came in. But we've talked about that before. Like, coming in off the bench and throwing a few different passes is one thing. When someone's got film on you for a week, it's a little bit different. And the Eagles are, even though they've had a poor year, they've had a lot, they've done a lot of things wrong. Defensively, they're not schlubs. Like, they're not a team that you you just go up and down the field on. So... I mean, th- this is going to be really, really fun, <laughs> a fun uh, Sunday with a lot going on. Well, it's really interesting to me, Gino, because the one thing that I have noticed is at this time of the year, when we've seen teams lose to teams that they shouldn't have, we haven't seen any kind of remarkable turnarounds so far. For example, the, the two teams that have lost to the Jets since that game, it's almost like the Jets game pointed out some real, real obvious holes in these teams, and they've kind of seemed to kind of go downhill since then. The we'll most see, recent we'll see one, with the of course, Browns, because we haven't seen the Browns yet. True, they've, they're coming up this and, and, week. And I'm, I'm concerned for them with the number of players that were out last week and the numbers, the players that look like they're going to be out this week. They've had their. It would be really a down. shame it that, would. that they may not be a playoff team. I mean, that's. Yeah, that would. That's gonna they, be a tough pill for for the for the town of Cleveland to swallow, I think. What's because interesting all in is all, they still... had a pretty good year, but but the Rams, I don't know, man. It just seems like since that Jets game, everything that could go wrong has go wrong wrong for them, and they may be sitting at home. And this is probably one of the best uh, defenses in the NFC. And when the offense is clicking, when McVay's magic is working, you know they could be a formidable opponent. And then, how uh, about, but how I only about bring McCart- that up, you know, in the context of of Washington. 
they should have. I mean, you have an opportunity. You're five and seven, right? You'd won, what, three straight games, had an opportunity to take that division by the horn. Now they're sitting at six and nine. They had the four win Panther team. They couldn't do it, man. They couldn't stop them. And they, they couldn't make enough plays on offense, and they couldn't stop them on defense. And for the most part, it was pretty much a one-sided game. Three weeks ago, the Cowboys had a 2.6% chance to make the playoffs with four games left. Um, right now, I mean, they're favored against the Giants. If they win that game, they just have to hope that Taylor Heineke and the Taylor Heineke-Alex Smith combination loses a game, which is, you know, I th- think about it in that perspective. I think it's it very possible. I think Jalen Hurts has been playing lights out, and we've seen this before. Usually when you have new quarterbacks that are He's hot, not laying down. you got to stay hot. He's not going to lay down either. You know, even if he, he had a poor game here and there, like, he wants to play well right now. They're, he's sort of playing to show them, hey, look, you guys can get rid of Wentz. You know what I mean? Like, I, yes. I'm fine here. Like, that's point. what he's showing them right now, and he's kind of giving them the opportunity to say, "Okay, hey, we can we can make a trade and send you off to Indy or wherever you know, or the sure, Saints." Sure. I heard, I heard the Saints even is one that a rumor I heard uh, Peyton sort of likes him and would maybe make him a project. Who knows? But um, the only the only real benefit that Washington has right now is that like they've got a player on their team with Chase Young. Who, looking at uh, Pro Football Focus, one of the uh, places I love to look at, they grade everybody uh, plays every week and, and the, all the players. So last week, uh, Chase Young for Washington, he had the highest graded game of his career. He had five pressures, a strip sack, forced fumble, and recovery. He had a quarterback hit that forced an interception, and he is rated overall as edge rushers. He's only behind... Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett, and Demarcus Lawrence. He was a one-man wrecking crew last week. It, I did watch that game in its entirety, and because um, I had fantasy guys on both sides of the field, so that's the only reason I'd watch such a cr- crappy on-paper game. But I had Gibson on one side, and I had uh, Robbie Anderson on the other side. Uh, but I was like, man, this is this is like an LT like performance where you have one guy out of twenty-two or out of thirty-three in all three phases that can really really change the game that could be a one-man wrecking crew and dominate to help his team win and he he's that guy unfortunately it wasn't enough and i'll tell you this before we go into commercial break you know the eagles have only won four out of their 11 games sorry four out yeah they tied remember four out of their their 16 10 11 i can't even do math right now four ten and one they got the tie Four ten. I was just I, what I was trying to say was four out of fifteen games yeah. they've only won. However, they're three three and one at home. And this they're is playing at home this week. Obviously, I'm a taking the team. Eagles. I'm taking the hot hand. I'm taking Jalen Hurts. I think I think Washington is is up against it. If you couldn't get the deal done last week, I'm sorry, you don't deserve to to go to the playoffs. As much as I kind of like what they've done and what Rivera's done. I think their Alex only chance is Great Alex guy to Smith. root for and stuff, but like, what version of Alex Smith, if he's out there on the field, banged up with everything that he's been through, like what version of him are we going to get? He was bleeding from the leg a few weeks ago, like on the field. And yeah. again, it's just... Well, hey, they're four and two with uh, Alex Smith. Oh, I know, and he's great. I just... He he was their best quarterback, no doubt about it. Yeah. And, and if you were telling me he is 100% healthy, I would say... 
absolutely, I think Washington. But if you're telling me they might be trying to force Alex Smith back because they just had to cut Haskins and the only other option they have is Taylor Heineke, so they at least need Alex Smith to be able to go into a game if Heineke gets hurt because they don't have anybody else. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I'm going to tell you what I'm hoping for, and then we got to get to our first commercial break, G. I'm hoping to see the Giants advance. I want to see a team that has five wins going into the last week of the season to go to the playoffs. I think that would make such a joke out of the NFC East. And uh, if you're going to give them a playoff team, might as well be historically bad, and we could get a laugh about it, and uh, we could kind of shame that division because – at least media-wise, uh, NFC East has always gotten the most attention of any division, and they're absolutely a joke right now. I think the Giants win that game against home, uh, at home against the Cowboys. I think that the Eagles win that game against Washington. I think the Giants advance. It'll make my boy Eddie very, very happy as a Giants fan who had very little to root about outside of a pretty decent defense. Uh, let's take a commercial break, Gino, and uh, we'll pick up the conversation on the other side. Stay with us. We will be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back here on the Mike Abadir Show, we are getting into NFL Week 17. Mike, you want to kind of like go through the slate? We can skip over some of the games that we don't really like or that aren't important, but we can maybe talk about some of the teams we haven't discussed. And if you have a play or two, just just to like make sure everybody, when you're if you're betting this week, really look at who's playing for teams, especially if you're looking at some of these teams that have nothing to play for, you know, or the teams that have clinched it, you know, for example, like the Browns are a 10 point favorite over the Steelers right now. Again, we, because Mason Rudolph's playing and we don't assume a lot of the Steelers major players are going to play because they don't really have anything to play for. Um, so just keep an eye on situations like that because 
you're going to be seeing maybe practice players out there a lot of not like regular rotation players or players that don't get a ton of snaps so uh, like the first game don't talk a whole lot about except for the fact that the lions sort of got screwed last week they were one of the teams that had to deal with covid they had their interim head coach and then like three their defensive coordinator and basically like their main defensive coaches all couldn't be at the game last week <laughs> against the bucks so they they were just in in real tough shape they play the vikings both unfortunately sad news for uh for vikings fans dalvin cook's father passed away so dalvin will be missing this game just keep that in mind so i mean these two teams are both done really for the year they don't have much to play for except for the lions looking for a new coach yeah i mean look we could talk about the spreads for this week's games and and i know we will i think from a bigger picture this this was a pretty tough point spread year for anybody that's kind of listened to us over the last few years it's probably from my end it's probably resembled more my first year uh doing the show with gino where i kind of shied away from a lot of point spread talk and stuff um i wasn't as into i mean um i talked about it more this year than i did that year but it's probably closer to that one than last year or the year before mainly because it's just been one of those things where it's football like horse racing, it's all about the variables. The more variables, at least in your own mind, that you can control or that you feel you have a grasp on, the better you can handicap the situation. To me, there was just so many variables that were unknown, that were completely out of anybody's control. You know, who is going to miss games and how many are going to miss games. And what we saw, especially with Cleveland last week, as an example, we saw that even though Anybody on an NFL player, any NFL player on any roster is really good. When you lose numbers in any one position and you get depleted in that position, I don't care who you are or what kind of depth you have, it's going to hurt. And so going into this week's games, you know, I kind of see some of the same issues kind of popping up again with, with, uh, with COVID. But on top of it, we've got some pretty key injuries as well. Um, and sometimes guys surprise us, right? Do you know, I mean, Last week, one week ago exactly, I was telling you that it looked pretty certain that Carr wasn't going to play and that Bank on Mariota playing. Carr ends up playing. Uh, any any updates right now on the Rams quarterback situation or others? Yeah, I mean, there's so not- many variables in each of these games. I think it makes it really tough uh, to make a, a play until 940 well, Yeah, I think Sunday. I'll give... Exactly. A lot of them you have to wait. We'll give you all the info as we r- rattle through uh, that I that I have right now. Like in the Dolphins game, we found out today that uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is on the COVID list and he will not be a, in able to play. Which so, means, tell me this: how how is he out, but not Tua? Uh, well, I I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I, mean, I read, and I didn't get a satisfactory answer. I mean, yeah, I read I mean, what was the press release, but I didn't. Me neither. I didn't and get a so, like, how and he practiced yesterday. Yeah. And so if, um, so just, and, and just, so in, in just in a pure football sense, that's not good because comparing the two of them from, from just pure, a pure overall efficiency number. And what's nice is I love at this point of the year, being able to use the advanced stats and the numbers because you have a big sample size now, right? You have the biggest sample size. Like they're the best. They're not always going to be correct, but they're like the best that they're going to be at this point. It's as good as it's going to get. Yep. Right. Yep. It's not like the fourth week of the year and you're looking at teams that have played a couple bad defense. So w- what's Tua is the number 22 with, with Tua, the Dolphins have the number 22 offense as far as efficiency is concerned with Fitzpatrick. They have the number six. 
But but what's interesting, they're seven and two in the games when Tua was a star- has been a starter. Although a couple of those games, Fitzpatrick had to come in. Um, so, I mean, Fitzpatrick well, he wasn't going to be starting this week, anyways. I guess what we're kind of saying is, it's just that you needed to get that relief pitcher in. They don't have that opportunity, and because they need to win. Like if they don't if they don't win, and all the other teams around them win, they're out. That that's the problem for the Dolphins too, and and just look, from just a pure point spread looking around, the Dolphins are a one and a half point underdog. The teams that are all the other ten and five teams, the Ravens, they're a twelve point favorite playing the Bengals. The Browns are a ten point favorite playing the Steelers with no Big Ben and probably none of the the Steelers starters. The Colts are a fourteen point favorite playing the Jags, and the Titans are a seven and a half point favorite uh, playing the Texans who you can go up and down and everybody can score on. So of all of those teams, as far as just who we, they, again, though, like we don't know the bills motives here. Like it, are the bills going to care that much for winning this game? Or are they going to play Josh Allen a little bit, sit him out? Do they want, I mean, I don't know that that's, that's the problem with trying to bet some of these games. And I think them. the difficulty here is that, um, without any obvious distinctions between being the two seed and the three seed, there's no difference uh, outside of maybe of who you play. But that, the that championship game, the host, you don't really it, try to do that. You know what I mean? You it would be about matchups, and right. I don't know who the Bills feel that they could stack up against. But I do know this: I don't think they would lose a game to get a certain matchup or or win a game to avoid a matchup. Me I neither. think they're going to be going out there to execute plays. Yeah, I think, and I think they're playing this game to win. Um, so I, yeah, I think without Fitzpatrick, that hurts the Dolphins team. That's ten and five, eleven and four against the spread this year. So uh, no Fitzpatrick. It, Tua right now is is good to go for them. Keep an eye on the Bills though, because like I said we don't know really what their motivation is. The the Ravens Cincinnati game. They're a twelve point favorite on the road playing a Cincinnati team. Who hey, you know what? Brandon Allen looked awesome last week. It just uh, was reading an article. He the game that he had for Cincinnati. Was the was a top, they're one of the four best games that their offense has had in a decade. That's how good he was last week, as far as hitting throws down the field like over ten yards. He was the highest graded quarterback of the week, twenty plus yards throws. He was really good, so he he'll do his best this this week. But the Ravens are playing well. They've had a really soft schedule late. They've been able to beat up on that softer part of the schedule, and they're they're winning in here. All they have to do is win. They're in. Yeah, and they've been a, a good road team all year, five and two on the road. So that's not a big deal. The Bengals, uh, they're not going to have Mixon once again, but that's not a big surprise there. I think the Bengals are probably playing to uh, earn some jobs to, or to keep some jobs or to save jobs, whether you're a player, whether you're on the coaching staff. So I think they're going to come in and and play the best that they can. I think 13 points is probably pretty high for Baltimore, yeah. not just because it's a, a road game, but because the Bengals are going to be trying. So they be up by the line as if the Bengals are resting their starters when they're not. It could be up by 19 and get a backdoor here from the Bengals. Sure. You know, sure. so I don't like laying this type on the road. I, I wouldn't, I don't think the Ravens are losing this game. Like if I had to pick one of the playoff teams that I think are going is going to lose this weekend or maybe lose their way out of it. I wouldn't pick the Ravens. It, I, I, no, I don't but would think you be shocked if the Ravens won a 23 to 21? No, not at all. Not at all. And, and I wouldn't be because sh- Cincinnati's been feisty the last couple of weeks and Brent Allen is noticeably better. Like he can actually move the ball. He, he did. Uh, he was competent last week. It was really good last week. He can, don't you he think can, he wants to be like, Hey, I want to show that I'm an NFL starter. This is absolutely. one more opportunity. He's only made for six, my last chance to do that in 2020. 
He's only had six other season, starts you know? in his NFL career before coming into this year. So he wants to show someone, hey, at least bring me in. Give me a shot to battle for sure. it. You know, I, I, I got a shot here. That Brown-Steelers game, we mentioned it's a hard one right now because this is one that you really have to monitor going into you know, Sunday if you want to bet it or just for purposes of who's playing for the Browns. I don't think any of the like major players are going to be playing for the Steelers. They've already said no Big Ben. It's going to be Rudolph. So this is one of my plays, Gino. Steelers. I know you like the Steelers. I could tell. I I'm going to tell you why. Because first of all, I've never, and you can go back and look, I've never seen a Tomlin team, and they're usually in the playoffs, right? I've never seen a Tomlin team that's in this situation where they could sit guys where you didn't get a great effort out of all their backups. And I think one of the reasons that they're a good team and that they've won games, even though they've had more superstars on their teams in the past, I know a lot of people are looking at some of the receivers this year and what they did, but they've had better teams and, and bigger stars in the past that sat down, and he still got really good efforts, right? Um, in my mind, who knows? The the backup running backs may be better than whoever ha- has had the ball over the last month or two for them anyways. And, um, you know, it's the same thing, too. Once you get the backup coming in to play quarterback, this is his opportunity to either let the, the world know that he can ball out or to let the Steelers know that they should bring him back as the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger, because who knows what Ben's going to do next year. So I think that there's enough there. There's enough depth that the Steelers can cover that nine, especially if the Browns have some more COVID issues. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't want to lay the nine with the Browns. Although if it was nine, I'd be more inclined than if it was 10, like nine's nine's fine. Cause then you should sure. cover. But with I mean, 10. do you see but, the Browns but, blowing up the Pittsburgh Steelers just, knowing everything you know about that rivalry and and how the Steelers have dominated that division. I mean, they're not going to let the Browns just roll over them. Here's a a, a couple things, which a couple like funny things about the Browns. This is the first time they've been favored uh, by over by. Well, if they're if the game goes to 10, which it was, it was, it would be the first time they were favored by 10 over a team with a winning record since 1968. This is the first time they've been favored by more than a field goal over the Browns since 1989. Um, The thing is, from just like a pure betting standpoint, like the way I play games and the way a lot of like the other, I guess, gamblers sort of play games too, uh, is, you know, you play teams off of their really bad games and against the teams who come off of really good games. And it's funny because these two teams were trending so opposite for a few weeks in a row to where Pittsburgh, they were down 21 to seven last week. Uh, they came all the way back. That's how they won. They would have had an opportunity this week to lose the division if they didn't win that game. The Browns, on the other hand, they were rolling. They had that really good game where even the good game that they lost on Monday Night Football to the Ravens, then they came back in what, what, what felt like a trap game, and they beat up on the Giants, and then they had all their COVID stuff. They missed their receivers. They looked terrible against the Jets. So we just saw the Browns look as bad as we saw. In our heads, we think they're so terrible. We just saw the Steelers come back and win, beat a pretty good Colts team. We think they're so damn good. I don't know. I didn't think the Steelers were that good before this. And I was. I thought the Browns are pretty good most of the year. They sort of know what they are. They're just going to run the ball at you. And Baker can make some plays with the play action. Their defense isn't that great. I don't. So I don't know if the Steelers' backups this year are as good as in other years when I completely agree with you. I I would feel like you could get an inspired effort. Now, with all of that being said, 
I still wouldn't want to lay that many points on Cleveland. I just don't think they lose. If I had to pick one of these playoff teams to lose, it would either be the Dolphins or the Titans that I think could have a hiccup. And I actually think it might be the, if I had to pick one, I would think it, I would bet my money that it might be the Titans who have their hiccup. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I threw out last week's game against the Packers for obvious reasons. Yeah, me too. And that, I, I, I no, it doesn't bother me at all. I, I just have never liked the Titans period. They, they almost lost to Houston earlier in the year. They've had a couple weeks where they caught the bills when the bills had to have that game moved around because of, uh, the COVID backups and the protocols and stuff like that. They caught, uh, the the uh, another game against the Ravens they they were I, I don't I don't believe in the Titans more as much as most people do more than I I believe in Vrabel he's a very good coach but defensively they're not that good I don't no. trust them they're almost in, getting last year's playoff run as a benefit of the doubt applied yep. to the whole season you right. you think yep totally agree and they're good like they're very efficient so they they like they pass the number a lot of the numbers test and and hell Derrick Henry can be great one of the games i was thinking about that i couldn't remember was the Colts game where they caught the Colts where they had a bunch of covid stuff too so they they Colts were missing like Leonard like all of their key defensive players right up the middle and then Henry just ran all over them so um i i yeah i'm not I'm not really sold on the Titans. We can sort of talk to that about that game. We can skip to that one. They're they're a seven and a half point favorite on the road at the Texans, over under fifty six in that game. So the Titans are ten and five, seven and eight against the spread. The Texans four and eleven, five and ten against the spread. They can. Do you think that 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 JJ Watt speech after the game, where he sold sort of called out the whole team and the organization and everybody for playing hard all the way through, is that something that? This week can maybe motivate this team to to like what you were saying, have some guys that are playing for their jobs, that are playing for pride, and maybe they're not one of those teams that checked out because at at the very least they have a really good quarterback that can win you a game in Watson. I was just gonna say, if for anything else, Watson has had one of the quieter, really good seasons in a long time, I and mean, we don't hear anything because of how bad they've been this year. This guy's got 4,500 yards and 30 touchdowns. I mean, that's like a really, really good season. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he was stripped of his absolute best wide receiver before the year even started. Uh, You know how they have a Hall of Fame? If they had a Hall of Shame, Bill O'Brien should be the the number one Hall of Famer, Hall of Shamer in the Texans' history. I I, I won't even get into that rant right now, but the Texans were – up how much against Kansas City last year? I mean, just think yeah. about that in the playoff game. They were up, what was it, 21 nothing, 24 yep. to 3, whatever it yep. was. They were that close to moving on to where they are right now. And that's solely because of personnel moves and decisions. Yeah, absolutely. That's This is the culmination of J.J. Watt's frustration of all of that. And so, yeah, I absolutely think so. When you've got a defensive leader like that and you've got a top five, top ten NFL quarterback, I absolutely think he could light a fire under their butt. I think we get an inspired effort effort from the Texans. This is going to be my other game where they're getting seven and a half at home. I'm with you. I'm I'm playing it. Let's uh let's take a quick break. Let's take our, our last break and we can come back and uh, and finish up talking the rest of a uh, week 17, the final week of the NFL season, the final week of 2020, the final hours 
of 2020. Uh, also, depending on uh, where you're listening to us from, we'll be right back here on the Mike Abadir Show. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel find out what's happening on the voice america talk radio network by keeping up with us on twitter you can find us at voice america trn streaming live the leader in internet talk radio VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back here on the Mike Abadir Show, closing things out. We are rolling through the Sunday NFL slate for week 17 a uh, game that doesn't really have any meaning but as far as uh, just the future and moving forward Patriots Jets Patriots are a three and a half point favorite against the Jets Jets have actually been playing well they've won a couple games in a row but uh, at two and 13 they have now screwed themselves out of Trevor Lawrence they're not going to get Trevor Lawrence I'm sure there will be a new coaching staff brought in next year they're gonna have to figure out what they want to do with Sam Darnold or if they're going to draft a quarterback early on or maybe they trade down or I don't know whatever they're going to do but uh, both of these teams are going to have some quarterback issues. You know, the Patriots have been rumored for players, sort of like veteran QB, someone like a Matt Stafford uh, ending up there. So, yeah, just uh, very strange to be talking about the Patriots in Week 17, and this game doesn't mean anything, and they're not playing next week either. It's the first time that my Patriots missing the playoffs prediction has come right, so I'm very proud of myself for that, even though I've done it 100 years in a row. I think that's my only comment about game. Outside Castle, of that, yeah. Outside of that, it's it's just the, uh, the 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 draft compensation, the draft pick that you're talking about. Interestingly enough, you know, it may now be go, you know, be a Jacksonville nabbing. I'm going to call him a local star because I think Clemson's close enough to the north part of Florida that um, he's probably got a lot of fans in that area. So that'll be interesting to see what, uh, you know if that plays out much better for him than, than the Jets. And I have a feeling that that is the case. We get to Cowboys Giants. We were talking a little bit about this game. This one's a big one. Cowboys at six and nine straight up, five and ten against the spread. Giants five and ten straight up, eight and seven against the spread. The Giants, if they win, they'll have the tiebreaker over the Cowboys, and the Giants will have the tiebreaker over Washington, whom they beat twice. So they will be in position to win the division if Washington loses on Sunday night football. So the three-point favorite at home, but for the Cowboys, same same thing. They're a three-point three underdog at home for the Giants, three-point dog at home. Cowboys are a three-point favorite on the road. All they got to do is win. Win, you stay alive, you give yourself the chance to move on to next week and not only make the playoffs, 
whoever wins, whoever wins this division is hosting a playoff game. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so, I mean, I think we've talked about this a little bit. I'm taking the Giants in this game. I'm taking them to plus three. I'm taking them to win this game. I'm taking them to win the division. I think the Eagles win at nighttime. We're going to have Philly and New York having one more night to celebrate. And then the Giants will have one after that. And then the Giants, uh, I wouldn't even call it a fairy tale season. It's almost fairy tale that you could get in with five wins going into week 17, six wins getting into the playoffs. But that will be where the road ends for them. Tampa versus the Falcons. Tampa's a six and a half point favorite here. They uh, have locked in their playoff spot. Falcons trying to figure out if they're going to maybe uh, make Mostert their their coach or Morris uh, with their coach, or they are going to look elsewhere. Who knows? He's done some good work with their defense. They uh, should have won last week. They dropped an interception that would have beat the Chiefs, and then they missed a 39 yard field goal that would have tied the game with 14 seconds left to go in the game, and. Uh, Tampa has said they're going to play their starters, though. Uh, they said they wanted to kind of keep in rhythm, and they want to get to 11 wins. So I, I don't know about this game from like a wagering standpoint, but uh, Tampa is trying to get a win here because they were they looked really good. Like they were one of the more interesting teams this year because when they looked good, like when they beat the crap out of the Packers, or when they have some of their games where they just kind of offensively were rolling and beat up beat up on a bad team, they were as good as anyone. And their defense had a lot of really good moments. But then they went through lulls throughout the season where Brady looked bad, they looked bad, and they've been able to beat up on some bad teams. So at the very least, they're going to try to go into the playoffs um, flying on all cylinders. I think Brady typically likes to play through the first or second drive in the second half in games like this. Mm-hmm. Um, don't have a real big opinion on this game one way or another. Nah, you mentioned uh, Coach Morris, Raheem Morris. Very good coach. I like him a lot. He does have some head coaching experience before. Um, I think he would be uh, a guy that would be worthy of a second chance in what looks to be like a uh, an offseason that's got some vacancies, but kind of thin on on like big names um, unless you're able to, you know, get like an Urban Meyer from the broadcast booth or from Fox Sports or a Harbaugh or somebody like that, which doesn't look like that's going to happen because Harbaugh's looking to stay in Michigan probably for the rest of his career. Uh, and they want the same. Um, why? I don't know. But that's a whole separate subject matter. So um, I think that's pretty much all that I've got to say on that game, Gino. Yep. Uh, we got panic. So Saints, Saints finally look good. Last week, uh, offensively, their offensive line looked good. They were humming Camara, killing people in fantasy leagues all over the place and winning fantasy leagues for people all over the place with his six touchdown performance. So we got Saints Panthers. The the cool thing about the top of the NFC. So this is related to the next game we can sort of talk about, too, with the pairs backer, uh, the pairs backers. You see what I was doing there? <laughs> Com- the pairs and the backers. I combined the Packers <laughs> and the Bears. Uh, Packers Bears. They're battling for the one spot. So. The Packers, they can't sit their starters this week because they have not clinched the number one spot. So that game is very important for them against the Bears. So you would assume that those teams at the top, like the Packers, the Saints, and the Seahawks, they're all going to be, I guess, playing as much as they can because they're, 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 that one seed this year is huge. Yeah, and uh, kudos to the NFL for making that a 125 start time. Um, you know, that way it could go off at the same time as the Cardinals and Rams game kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit. Why is the Colts game at one o'clock? Shouldn't that be an early game as well? Alongside the, well, the Dolphins, Titans. the Ravens and the Steelers. And well, cause the, I think they put the Colts and Titans at the same time because of the division. 
because they're playing, they're battling for the division. Because uh, if the Titans lose, the Colts win the division also, as well as getting in, and the Titans are out. So I think they put the division rivals at the same time with the Colts and Titans. I think that's why they did that. Okay, I guess. Uh, I guess I could kind of see that one. Uh, so you yeah, started. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, look, uh, this this weekend has has some games that have some minor implications. I think this Packers Bears is is one of those in that, um, you know, the the Bears. I don't know. I, 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 I don't see them getting in. I don't see the Packers falling to them. I just don't. Especially because they can, like, I mean, I called a minor, but I'm almost assuming that the Packers are going to win and retain the number one seed. Uh, I think the only way that the Saints can get the one seed, by the way, is if the Packers win... And Packers the lose. Seahawks win and the Saints win. If it's a three-way tiebreaker for whatever weird reason, it goes to the Saints. Yeah. But if the Saints and, and Packers, I meant the Packers losing and the Saints yeah. winning and the Seahawks winning. If they're all tied at 12 and 4, it goes to the Saints. Yep. For whatever reason, if it's just the Saints and the Packers tied, it goes to the Packers. And I think if it were the Packers and the Seahawks, it would. They, I think I Seattle think was, might. Might still I think have it a goes sh- to Seattle, and that's yeah, how they're still alive. Yeah, might still have a shot too for that too. Yeah. Um, I'm not 100% positive on that because there's a lot of different things that when the when it goes down to the tiebreakers. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that's why big- I call it minor is because there's a lot of things that have to happen in yeah. order for these things to take into effect. So they're potential major movement, but a lot has to happen for that. Yes, and that there's Bears have for the Bears. I mean, if the Bears go ahead of the Rams or the Cardinals, I mean, that would just I'd be pissed off if I was one of those teams because they're both better than the Bears. And for the Bears, they're in a phenomenal spot. All they have to do is win. They're ahead yeah. of the they're ahead of the Cardinals right now. All they yep. have to do is win. And in fact, they can lose. And if the Cardinals lose, they're still in the Bears because they are ahead of the Cardinals right now. So if they both lose, they're still going to yeah, be ahead of them. Dust. And so it's a great spot to be in for a Bears team that has been a total up and down team all throughout the year. We talked uh, a little bit about like Titans, Texans earlier, Colts, Jags, Colts are a 14 point favorite against the Jags. And Hey man, if the Colts don't get in, Mike, they only have themselves to blame. They are going to look back at two particular games, blowing a 24 seven lead last week to Pittsburgh and Week one, losing to this Jacksonville Jaguars team. That's the only win the Jags have all year. The Jags have secured the number one overall pick. So the Colts, they can win this game by 30, but if everyone ahead of them loses, they're going to be screwed on the outside looking in at 11-5. Yeah, you know, it's been a, it's been one of those things where the Colts' defense kept them in a lot of games early in the season, and they uh, their special teams was, was lights out. And I haven't got a feel for uh, Rivers' You know, he's been a little bit inconsistent. When you look at the numbers, you know, he's got the 4,000 yards, been able to move the ball, has 516 pass attempts, probably a little bit more than uh, the Colts as a franchise would have liked to throw in the ball. This is a passing league, of course. Um, I think, obviously, the 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 Jags on the other side are, are inferior team to the Colts. I think the Colts at home win this game. I don't know about the 14-point spread. Maybe you've got a take on that one. I wouldn't touch that one personally, um, even though the Jags are going to be without their uh, workhorse running back. But, uh, you know, the Colts have nobody to blame but themselves, as you said. When Which is you funny. blow if that kind of in. lead, you know, you don't usually come back and seal the deal. And if they get in, I would still pick them 
as an underdog against other teams because they're well coached. They have a good defense. They have weapons. They're good enough to beat anyone. I don't know if they could do it for three or four weeks in a row. We only have about four minutes, so let's uh, kind of rattle through the, the last couple of games. There's two. There are two that are sort of important. In the Chargers-Chiefs game, Mahomes isn't playing. Um, the Chief, the Chargers are actually a three-and-a-half-point favorite, but they're probably not going to have Keenan Allen, Bosa. That's uh, going to be a really difficult game for me to get a, uh, an opinion on. The Chiefs have already wrapped up the number one spot there. Raiders and Broncos, sort of similar. Not a whole lot on the line for uh, for those two teams is, is more than jobs and, and moving forward. But that Cardinals-Rams game, uh, Mike, it's a play-in game, basically. Uh, whoever wins is in, no doubt about it. The Rams can still lose and get in. If the Bears lose, but if the Cardinals win the game, they are in and they will get the last spot because they will jump over. I believe the Cardinals, if they win, they're in. Right. Is that is that how it goes? Or do they have to do they need some luck too? do they need the Bears to lose? If the Cardinals have the tiebreaker over the Rams, which they may because the Cardinals got off to such a really good NFC West start. You know, it's funny because I had all these things memorized well, no, and now and, I'm kind and, of second-guessing myself. Yeah, because there are a lot of variables. So Cardinals, Rams, I mean, Cardinals needing to win to get – they're, they're going to jump into a playoff spot with a win, looking at it here. So the Cardinals minus three now because it looks like it's going to be John Walford and it's going to be Kyler Murray. He said he's going to play. We don't know how healthy he will be, but uh, you've been high on the Cardinals all year. Another team, though, who i got to say – they have not been impressive. They really have not been impressive as of late. They've looked really bad down the stretch. No, I would not have thought that they'd be 8-7 and seven at this point. The way After that they started the off 6-3, you know, yeah. it's funny because all my long shot teams, you know, the, the Raiders and the Cardinals and the Dolphins, they all got off to really, really good starts. The Dolphins were able to maintain the other two fizzled. They were riding the same ride, Mike. Yeah. They were on, <laughs> they, they, they oh, the other two fizzled big time, man. So um, disappointing to see how their kind of second half – Played out. I think it's going to be one of those things that's very, very good to go through if you're trying to build a championship team. Good for the young head coach. Good for the young quarterback. Good for a young team overall. Um, I'm taking the Cardinals in this game. I would have even if uh, Goff was in. I think the Jets hangover effect has really loomed large uh, on the Rams. And uh, this is another team that probably should have been a shoe in and uh, doesn't look like they're going to make it if they can lose this, if they happen to lose this game. We have two games left in two minutes. My whole thing with the, with that game, just a, a thought. I can't. I don't know if Wolfer can be that much worse than Goff's been the last I two know. weeks. So maybe maybe if their defense can just play well and Murray isn't one hundred percent, we could have a low scoring game here. Not not a whole lot in the Seahawks 49ers, except for the Seahawks just still trying to improve their playoff positioning. 49ers just hoping for a better year next year after all the injuries they've dealt with. But the important game with just a minute left, Mike. It's uh the Washington Eagles game. Washington controls their destiny. Doesn't matter what happens in the earlier NFC East game if they win they're in i don't think they are though because they have some quarterback issues i'm a little concerned i like the eagles in this spot i think the eagles are going to win at home give me the eagles give me the giants that's the fifth time i've said it i may eat crow next week i think that's all the time we have you know really wanted to get your take on the uh, padres trades big trades but we got all of 2021 to talk baseball yeah, we'll so talk we'll, we'll pick up really on that next it. week also wanted to talk about these big college football playoff games, but we'll dissect the uh, championship game by the time we circle up together next week. It's all the time we have. Have a tremendous start to your 2021. Happy New Year's, everyone. Be safe. God bless. Thank you for listening this year and hopefully on to the next. We'll see you same time, same place next week, everyone. 
Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.